Welcome to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode of the podcast. Today I'm joined by Justin Crow, who is a high performance manager in the A-League with Melbourne Victory. It was a pleasure to have him on. He was full of knowledge, so please enjoy. Welcome to the Marcus Co Fitness Podcast, Justin. No worries. Good to see you, Marcus. Yeah, thank you for um, jumping on. Yeah, pleasure to have you on. And I uh, yeah, definitely look forward to this chat as well. But yeah, firstly, how are things going for yourself? I'm sure you're busy, obviously, leading to Christmas now. Yeah, it's uh, involved in a summer sport um, in the A-Leagues. It's actually a really busy time leading into Christmas. Uh, we have, um, you know, both our men's and women's teams in season and our academy back in pre-season. So, it is a busy time, and it's actually, yeah, one of the nice things about being in a summer sport. Yeah, unreal. Do you get a little bit of time off yourself over that break? We will make sure we all get Christmas Day off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Starting off, a bit of your background and, yeah, how you got into the side of coaching and SNC and high performance as well. Yeah, no worries, mate. So look, I am... Um... Didn't really know what I wanted to do at school, but I ended up doing a physiotherapy degree. And while I was doing that, I had a very short and limited um, career as a professional AFL player. And, and in that environment, I realised I was really interested in the exercise side of things. So, I, um, yeah, I went and did a master's in um, exercise physiology and also my ASCA uh, level one and level two. And um, really that is the pathway that got me into it. And I think what's kept me involved in the strength conditioning side is really the, um, yeah, the, the good people, strong mentors within the strength conditioning space that, um, yeah, have been super helpful along the way and provide a great network. Yeah, unreal. That's obviously a good journey as well. And yeah, I think obviously, yeah, something that you enjoy and probably the big thing with working and obviously yeah, exercise is obviously a big part of everyone's lifestyle too and something Especially good for obviously um, mental health as well is, is a big part as well. So yeah, that's obviously great to hear your journey there as well. And the mentors that you've had as well, you know, some that stick out to you and obviously do you st- still keep in contact with them today? Yeah, look, I, I was lucky enough to uh, sort of well, be an athlete and then work under David Butterfin, who, who's a, a really great, you know, exercise-based coach. Oh, yeah, so many people on the way. John Mitchell um, in Alaska has been an incredible mentor. Um, we still stay, stay really closely connected. Yeah, look, there's a hundred different coaches who we've crossed paths with, who all of which, yeah, we, we all sort of know each other there and reach out from time to time. So that, that that's probably the, um, yeah, the best summary. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think obviously I'm, we're leading on to my next question. I think networking is same again, huge in probably any industry, but yeah, obviously definitely ours as well. The mentors that you have, huge and obviously a great way to stay connected as well. But yeah, how important do you think it is in our industry as well? Yeah, networking is really important. I think from a whole number of different angles. You know, the, the, the first is, um, and probably the most important in my mind, is that traditional coaching can be a bit isolating, particularly when, um, depending on what environment you're in, if you're lucky enough to be in sort of integrated 
performance team that's helpful or if you're lucky enough to be around other strength conditioning coaches with different strengths and different experiences that can be really helpful but, but not all of us are so it, it's uh, really useful from that perspective to have other people to talk to connect with and also yeah just better talk to other people that understand what you're going through I think so that, that, that that's the number one thing and, and then from a career perspective it, it's always helpful to um, yeah, have other people out there know who you are and what you do and yeah I, I think yeah, to building a network of people within certain anything is, is a really important part of, of a coach's journey. Yeah, no, that's great answers there. I think it's great. Me connecting with you on these podcasts, it, it's cool to obviously, yeah, same again, hear different people's journeys and hear their experiences. I think it's great and definitely helped me in my career, obviously staying with different mentors or working under different coaches definitely, definitely helped me improve the business side of things and yeah coaching kind of things and obviously yeah as you stay connected that way and yeah same again down the track you don't know where you sometimes run into them or who who that you kind of know and obviously i'm sure it de- definitely helps in the job side of things as well so yeah working i'm sure working with different people coming across would would be a big part as well yeah yeah of course i think yeah you know ideally when i'm um, working with other coaches you develop strong relationships and trust and those things um, continue regardless of where different careers can lead to. Yeah, no, it's great. And the position you're in now, how did that come along for you as well? Yeah, so my current role is Head of Human Performance at Melbourne Victory, and that is a role that is across our Men's Women's Academy program. And I think um, in terms of how that came about, Melbourne Victory's had had a couple of lean years and, and then a little bit of a restart um, a couple of years back and um, part of that was looking at different ways to set up um, performance department and, and so a new role was created and I was approached to do it and, and yeah I was really excited to take the opportunity you know I'm quite passionate about women's sport quite passionate about integrating performance teams and it was a really good um, opportunity to uh, yeah ha- with a reasonably fresh canvas and a group of new people to um, yeah to start implement some of those things. That's great. And that's the, have you had much exposure to soccer before? And obviously your background's a bit in the AFL and that, but yeah, have you, I suppose, worked with different athletes or coaches in, I suppose, the side of soccer things as well? Yeah. I, I mean, the answer is, is yes. Like I, I worked full-time in professional Australian football mostly. Yeah. Um, when, when I finished my physio degree, I went over to, um, to Ghana, did three months voluntary work for one of their Premier League uh, soccer teams, football teams. That was my first exposure, really. And then from there, yeah, we always held reasonably close relationships with, with um, some of the A-League teams. When I was at um, uh, Messon in particular, yeah. we sort of were pretty closely linked in with, with Melbourne Heart and then Melbourne City. And, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the sports are a little bit culturally different and, you know, have some some differences in terms of the physiology and, and the um, requirements, but, but they're... They're both football and, and um, pretty closely related. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. There, I think I know. Same when I was remote in the NT for two years, and that that was Matt. Their soccer was soccer was huge and community there. And same again, I probably hadn't been exposed to much soccer there. It's a great sport, and yeah, the kids definitely love it. And yeah, it's same again. I think it's just more the experiences that you can in sports, the different sports they can be exposed to. It, um, it will definitely help coaching along the journey as well. And in your team at the moment, how many would you come like have it as a team environment? I saw there's lots of coaches across the both sex, but it's similar. How many would you, I suppose, you'd work uh, closely along with? Yeah, so we have um, 
uh, an SNC and a sports scientist in our men's program. Um, we have an SNC in uh, and exercise science as well within our um, women's program. Within our academy, we have a um, yeah. Well, we have, we have a few yeah as well. So yeah, just I suppose those different practitioners in, in each environment. You know, traditionally, yeah, the support team in a football team would be you know around the coach and snc assistant coach and and the like we're probably lucky enough to be resourced to have a little bit of a broader support than that yeah um but yeah we have you know some really good high functioning sncs within our programs for sure yeah no it's awesome i mean obviously i think team environments are massive part i think it obviously helps you guys bounce off ideas of each other and yeah same again it's obviously a good way to work together as a team and yeah, get, get the outcome at the end as well and what does a normal day look like for you when do the players train what's their gym sessions and i suppose their structure look like for a general week as well yeah so a little bit different between our men's and women's um on, on the men's side we tend to have an afternoon start first session back after a game Oh, sorry, yeah, we'll have a recovery session after a game and then, and then usually a day off day two um, yep. and then a later start on day three just to um, give it a little bit more recovery time. We usually do gym before we go on pitch with our men's program. We also do speed power on pitch as well, which is, you know, definitely S&C. Hmm. Um, just because it's not in the gym doesn't matter, it's S&C. Okay. And, yeah. um, and, and, that, and then we sort of roll into a week leading into a game, you know, with, with a variety of different types of sessions. Our women's program would um, train early in the morning. Um, we still have, a, you know, a, a small number of players who work and or, and or study during the day. So we get training, training done reasonably early and, and that program will usually um, do their strength sessions after training. So a little bit of a different setup in terms of just the different time demands on those different groups. Yeah, what would a number of like plays? Or what's a, I suppose what's a squad like that you would? How many would you obviously work with a bit as well? I'm sure obviously the academy players coming through. Yeah, there are around twenty six on a um a league men's and a league women's squad, sort of yeah. approximately. It can vary depending on um different number of scholarship players and different other other different factors. So yeah. there's um there's a good number of those. I mean, look at our academy, a boys academy, you know. You, uh, yeah, numbers in the hundreds of athletes and the and the girls pathway programs is growing to that size as well so yeah. across the club there, there is a lot of athletes and yeah and look and they're all receiving snc it's yeah. just yeah i suppose making sure that we our coaches across the programs are giving really good service and sort of yeah. a consistent line of approach i mean i'm sure it's probably obviously similar in the afl where there's lots of lots of athletes as well there but yeah managing i'm sure it's obviously very tough to manage everyone at the same time, but I'm sure that way you work with together to be able to get the best outcome for the the players and that. And do they play mainly just on a weekend, or do they have sometimes do they have two games as well? Yeah, teams um, teams in Europe that are in Champions Leagues and those type of things will tend to have a midweek game. Yeah, we we've had a season like that um, when we were playing, particularly after COVID delays and that type of thing, but also when the Australia Cup. Um, overlapped with the regular season. Yeah. Currently, we're we're on a pretty good rhythm of one game a week, but but it's not unusual in Paul to have a couple of games. Yeah. A week, and you know, not not to be feared either. You know, it's sort of players want to play at a high level. That's part of part of the deal. Go okay, there, and I think I know. Yeah, obviously, double headers. I'm sure take like, yeah two games in kind of one day. I'm sure you would 
the recovery side of things would be a, a bit a big factor in it as well. No, that's great to hear. And do you see the A League obviously growing in both men and women's program at the moment? I, I find that it's obviously growing a lot more than what it had been, but I feel like there's obviously getting a lot more exposure to it as well. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, you look back to, I don't know, it was five, ten years ago, there, there were some really big crowds, particularly mm. during games um, at, at Marvel Stadium and those type of venues. So I, I think through COVID, things died down a little, um, but but we're certainly building year on year again now in terms of the level of support for the team. Yeah, and look, I mean, it's a really big participation sport. Uh, I expect um, there's a number of people who really got on board the Matildas and, and you know, that World Cup effort. And, and similarly, like our men's team did, did a great job in the last men's World Cup as well. So yeah. I think overall, yeah, there, there, there's some good growth and potential in um, the sport and, and the Australian leagues. No, it's unreal. It's good to hear. And I think same again, after watching the materials, I'm sure the women's program will definitely keep, keep growing. And yeah, I hope it does as well. And yeah, I said this, that exposure, I think, to soccer is and yeah, same again. It's obviously try a lot like bigger overseas, but hopefully in Australia, it just keeps growing like like them as well. So that, that'd be great to see as well. And moving on to this question, advice for young coaches that are in the industry and maybe coming through as well. And maybe some pieces, what, what they should maybe focus on as well. Yeah, it's a good question. Look, I think there's a few different streams that coaches should focus on, you know, building their competency, working on their ability to build strong relationships with coaches and athletes, and also to be able to work well within an integrated performance team. You know, if you want to um, progress through the different levels of professionalism as a coach, then they're not eventually you, you end up in a situation where you're needing to work as part of a team um, yep. of professionals. So working on that from the start can be really important. And I think my, my advice to young coaches is often to be patient, do, do your time. You know, there's a lot of exercise science graduates, a lot of young people who would like to get an SNC. And, you know, if, if you are passionate and, and work hard and do, do a good job and, and do your time, you, usually opportunities come up. Um, but the biggest factor is just being prepared to um, yeah, put your head down and, and, and do your time um, in different different environments to, to, to yeah, ultimately get those opportunities. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I love those points there. I think patience is, is a big one. And as I suppose as a young kid, I probably didn't have too much patience at the time there, but I mean, it's definitely paid off in the end as well. And yeah, I think I mean, yeah, the passion for things that you do enjoy is massive part of what you want to do and achieve as well. So yeah, definitely some great points there as well. Move as you moving forward in your career, I think it will pay off definitely in the end as well for for, for a lot of people as well. So your position now, do you see yourself in a similar role in the next next couple of years as well? Yeah, look, I, I think so. I um, you know, I, I sort of have a bit of a broad base of experience where I could do physio work or SNC work or um, high performance work. So I um, yeah, I'm really loving being in football. I'm loving being able to work, yeah, across men's and women's spaces and also that youth development space. So, yeah, I'm super happy right now, but I'm also, you know, well aware of um, different industries that have different levels of volatility. And, yeah, and through all of our careers, we, we sometimes need to move into different spaces. So I'm always pretty open-minded and circumspect about that. I think, yeah, I would love to be doing this similar sort of work um, in, in the, you know, short term at least. That's awesome. That's great to hear. And obviously, good luck. And I'm sure, same again, you'll be able to find what, what you're after. And I'm, I'm same again, you'll be in, in that for a, a long time as well. Any up-and-comers, maybe through the A-League, I don't know, might, might have to have a look at when, when they're coming through, maybe a younger generation, or is anyone that, I suppose, stands out to you a little as well? Are you asking about um, SNCs or players? Oh, players. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Look, we have um, we have some really talented young players at Victory. You know, we got Nishan Balupale and um, also Ryan Teague over with the Oliveroos at the moment um, yeah. on the men's side. Um, you know, we've got um, players like Jess Nash, Lana Murphy, and Ella O'Grady. Yeah, really talented young players um, involved with the um, under twenties and under twenty three programs. Yeah, over 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 Brightus and Rosie Curse. We've got. We've got uh, we're really lucky, I suppose, in Australia to have some really good youth development programs and pathways and, and exciting young players. So, yeah, if you are into the sport, yeah, keep your eye open for that for, for that crew. Yeah, perfect. No, that's great there. I'm sure listeners, yeah, definitely follow that journey. And uh, same again, well, obviously, yeah, know I'm sure some of those play as well. And, yeah, that's great to hear as well. So hopefully get to see them in near future as well. So that'd be good. Yeah, firstly, obviously, just wanted to say a big thank you for jumping on today, Justin. I, re- I really do appreciate it and appreciate your time as well. And, uh, listeners are going to get lots out of this chat and uh, yeah, definitely look forward to sharing it as well. No, my pleasure. Much appreciated, Marcus. All the best with it. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know if you're big on social media or, or websites or anything. Is there, I suppose, anywhere that those people can reach out to you or if they yeah. do have any questions for you as well? Yeah, yeah. People are welcome to add me or reach out on LinkedIn um, if they want. I, I'm, I am on X which you, or Twitter, uh, yep. as, as it was called. Yeah, I'm Crow underscore Justin on there. But yeah, look, you know, I'm, I'm always pretty happy to take an inquiry or if, you know, if someone's in town to, to catch up for coffee, that type of thing. So yep. if um, someone did want to reach out, um, yeah, welcome to go ahead. I think I'll put that in the show notes, guys. So yeah, if you do have any questions with Justin, do reach out as well. Same again, thanks for your time. And yeah, good luck for the season ahead and forward to keep watching the girls and guys do, do their thing as well. So yeah, thanks again, Justin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Max. Have a good one.